This episode of Mode Push, we review the Singapore GP where Dan Jimenez, our own Dan Jimenez, was live today to take in the sights and sounds of an amazing race and an amazing finish and a winner in Checo Perez. He almost didn't get the win even after uh, all was said and done, but uh, sure enough, he gets the W. We're going to recap the whole thing, the experiences from the sights and sounds to the food and the what you shouldn't do when you go to an F1 race. It's all coming up right now on Mode Push. Radio check. Loud and clear. KSL Sports and KSL Podcast present Mode Push, an American view of F1, starting now. Don't stop. Here's what you get with this Honestly. I've guessed it. I've absolutely guessed it. I enjoy this so much. Thank you. Thank you. points for Sergio Perez, who on the streets of Singapore wins the 2022 Singapore Grand Prix. This, the greatest race for Sergio Perez. Vamos, Checo. Unbelievable. What a drive. This is how we do it, man. We check them out. I will work This is the Mexican way. You heard it right there. It's the Mexican way. The winner of the Singapore Grand Prix for this year, of course, Checo Perez. Sergio Perez flying on that first lap, immediately taking the lead and then never relinquishing, even after an investigation post-race. Welcome to Mode Push. Alex Curie here in Salt Lake City. Our own Dan Jimenez on the ground in Singapore. Uh, Hasn't even left yet and this is uh, the exciting part for us to be able to have uh, to be able to have him there and and uh, Dan we'll just jump right to you it was your first race I mean I'm going to relinquish basically the floor to you I feel like today because this was an amazing uh, opportunity for you to go over there and watch it and certainly it was not without drama because uh, an investigation after the race put Sergio Perez with a five second uh, time penalty and that still gave him the win it was enough to be able to fend off Charles Leclerc for uh, the win there. Max Verstappen finishing seventh. He'll have to boo-hoo, wait another week for a championship. That's good for us, though. We didn't have it wrapped up after this race. How was the whole trip, man? Oh, man, what an experience. D- drama's the right word from, you know, the race, the whole weekend, all three days. I mean, w- what a race, what a racetrack, what a city. Just an incredible experience. Lived up to and surpassed all my expectations. I, uh... It, it was it was awesome uh, to to come out here and and see uh, see the race and and uh, Singapore was a great host just so many fans I think they said it was a record breaking crowd um, you know folks from uh, all all over the world uh, just a super diverse uh, 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 crowd and um, yeah and the racing wasn't half bad either so with the with the rain and with everything everybody was on inters basically the entire weekend it seemed like and so. Uh, that green tire proves to be kind of a weird thing. And then suddenly, uh, halfway through the race, everybody starts saying, hey, man, I'm diving in, I'm grabbing the slicks. And then it was a race to try to see who could uh, stay on those slicks. And eventually, everybody kind of stayed on those. And, and uh, you know, Max Verstappen was kind of interesting in the race because he ends up seventh, and it was just an up-and-down thing for him. But people sliding everywhere. You had, I think uh, – Six DNFs, you know, guys just going off the track, uh, crashing into one another, uh, engine problems for, uh, you know, Fernando Alonso on his 350th uh, Grand Prix. That's a pretty cool thing to be around for the old man's 350th uh, uh, Grand Prix as well. So in in the end, 
What's the what was the vibe uh, there at the place in terms of like how, what everybody thought about uh, where the finishing podium was? You had Ferrari at a two, at a at a two three. You have uh, you have you know Sergio at the top there. But you know this is kind of an interesting weekend too because you had an excellent weekend, maybe their best weekend from McLaren all season long, and they take the lead in the constructors championship from Alpine. But uh, you know you, you had a, a good weekend from even the 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 uh, not just the not just those guys from Alpine, but but also the uh, oh my heavens the your guys the the green the green team the the, the double points right, yeah, green Aston. team Aston Martin <laughs> Lance Stroll like had his best finish of the year I think he finished sixth and so you know there there are all sorts of things in this in this race that made it a lot different than maybe a, a regular weekend and and at least we had some racing to talk about yeah the vibe in the uh, in the in the paddock in the stands was um, I mean tons of fandom and support for the three that you would expect with uh, Mercedes, Red Bull and Ferrari. And then a lot of McLaren uh, fans out there, just a ton of, you know, the papaya orange, which uh, I thought was interesting. And then it kind of drops off uh, a cliff from there in terms of, you know, you don't see as much uh, Aston Martin support or Alpine. I I can't even think I, I saw an Alpine shirt the entire weekend on any fans, which I thought was interesting. But, um, yeah, the vibe uh, in the stands was uh, a lot of people pulling for Charles and, uh, you know, wanting to see him get that win. Uh, And the Max fans, uh, who were pretty loud at the start of the race, quickly, I think, turned their uh, support over to Checo when they realized it was out of reach for Max. Um, And so, yeah, it was just a a great race uh, from from the stands because, uh, like you said, lots of drama with people running uh, out on the wet. Before the race, um, you know, we were all sitting around talking uh, and thinking, man, wouldn't it be great if it just absolutely dumped right before the race, but then it stopped raining so we wouldn't have to sit in the rain, but we still got a wet race. And, uh, yeah, the the sky opened up um, about an hour before the scheduled start time and, uh, you know, monsoon level torrential downpour. Uh, and then it, as quick as it came, it went away. And so. Uh, we got our wish, uh, which uh, created a, a very dramatic race. Uh, part of the dramatics too were, I think we we're watching this whole thing. And you, anytime you have conditions change like that, pace kind of doesn't really matter. But we're able to get through the weekend. Kind of what I mean, I, I guess I don't know. After after that little break, you kind of just hope that 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 the gap shortens between you know Max Verstappen and Red Bull and and Ferrari. Was there was there an idea, or and that maybe Mercedes finds something too, right? And so you don't really get a, a sense after a, a really wet race, and when you see just conditions kind of all over the place. So, what was the vibe on on the on the pace of these cars? Like, had somebody figured some things out in some of these dry sessions? Did we see who, or are we just really not going to know maybe until another dry until another dry race in a couple of weeks? Yeah, I don't think we got a really good read of um, where everyone was shaking out after the the two week break. So we might have to wait to Suzuka. Obviously, um, Red Bull didn't really show a ton of um, pace during practice, but I think that they were just kind of going through the regular playbook, and then we're going to bust it all out during qualifying. And Max was up uh, on on Charles for for the uh, pole there, and then uh, the controversy of him getting called into the pits on his last lap, which I was sitting in that last corner during qualifying, and uh, we had heard over the loudspeakers that Max was, you know, purple or just, you know, on track for right. for uh, pole, his pole lap. And then he dives into the pits and we were all just confused. Like, what was that about? And 
Um, yeah, it turns out he didn't have enough fuel uh, in, in tank to be able to provide the required fuel sample. And so he had to get pulled in or else right. he would have started dead last. So uh, the, re- the rest so, of us, the rest of us at home had to hear the uh, radio message, which was quite colorful. Uh, if you're listening, <laughs> yes. the, I always love, you know, it's funny because uh, people were, were pointing out Yuki Tsunoda drops a hundred F bombs in a, <laughs> in a session. And people yeah. are like, that kid needs to settle down. Max Verstappen doesn't, you go, wow, what a competitor. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's exactly right. That was a great audio clip. As you start to look at some of these uh, finishes here, and we kind of set up for the rest of the season. I think that this is I think this is great for racing. I think it's great that Sergio won. Anytime he gets a win, it feels like uh something personal. I I would imagine everyone would be like this. Every racer would be like this, but you know, he's he's looked at definitely as that number two guy. I mean, everybody is number two to Max Verstappen. And so why wouldn't you be and Sergio Perez to have a win like this? I mean, that's as that's as good as it gets. I mean, this guy and all it seems like all the top racers in this in this uh, in this series, all the F1 drivers who are at the top in that top tier. Uh, and I wouldn't put Checo necessarily in that top tier of racers, but he is exceptional in the wet. And there are a handful of guys who are like that. And so when you see a guy like him win and you see him uh, hold on to that entire thing and he had a, luckily he had a seven and a half uh, second pad uh, before they they uh, levied that five second uh, you know, penalty against him. And, and I didn't really get it because they're like, oh, he was getting way too close to the to the safety car. And I'm thinking, I thought that, I mean, it, it seemed like, one, everybody complains about how slow the fa- the, the safety car goes. Uh, it, Lewis Hamilton was an expert at living next to Burt Mylander in that in that freaking uh, safety car. So I don't know what the what the regulation really is and why they had to talk to him. They, had to, they actually reprimanded him once and then gave him the five-second penalty as well. Yeah, it's it, from my understanding, the rule was that the leader has to stay within ten car lengths of the pace of the safety car. And I think what happened is there were uh, three times that uh, he was actually outside of that. So I think it was more that he wasn't keeping close enough, rather than getting too close. Um, and they gave him a warning the first time, and then the uh, then he had two individual kind of moments or during. Uh, two of the corners, uh, I think around lap 35 or 36. So if you were to add all those up, you should like, oh, he should be at least a 10 or 15 second penalty. And that would have handed the win over. But I, I, I felt like that the five second penalty is probably uh, appropriate for the severity of the infraction, which is really not, a, I don't think a very big deal. I don't think it's a safety issue or, or a competitive advantage issue. Um, so, but I going back to, to check performance, I'm with you. Like, Every time he wins, and he's, he's this is his fourth win now. Every, you know, the common saying is like, "This is the biggest win of his career," and I really do think that that applies in this case. Obviously, Monaco was a big win because of the venue, but um, you know, he had to do it here in Singapore in the wet and the dry through um, qualifying and the race, and his skill was just on display. He uh, he got an amazing start, uh, was able to get uh, to first by the first corner. And then, you know, Charles was, was pushing hard uh, and keeping the pressure on him and, and made multiple attacks where he was getting right on his gearbox. And, and he held strong and, and honestly didn't put a tire wrong the entire race. Uh, and, and then when he, they knew that then the investigation was coming and they gave uh, Checo the heads up that he needed to stretch that lead out, it's, it was just like a light switch turned on um, and Charles couldn't do anything about it. And all of a sudden, uh, Checo was seven and a half seconds up the road so yeah he's he uh 
I think has, has put, um, I think with this win, any, any doubt, um, to the side of, uh, his, uh, you know, belonging there in that second spot at Red Bull. So, uh, I'm really happy for him and it was a popular win at, at the track. Uh, everyone was, was excited for Checo. He's just so likable. Yeah. I think when you see anybody at the top of the podium that you don't necessarily anticipate before a race that would be there. And to have to bust your butt that much to be able to get there, too, I think people – I mean, he was beyond, you know, driver of the day, uh, you know, in the voting when it came when it came through, you know, on the TV side. You're like, well, of course, this guy uh, right. just from start to finish. I mean, it, it's it's hard to have a a a start to finish. Uh, you know, when, when, when Ferrari's breathing down your neck and arguably the best – one of the best drivers in the world is right behind you the whole time, then that, you know, makes a difference. And so I think a lot of folks look at, at what happened today and they go, great, for two reasons. I look at it and I go, good. I, for as much as I think it, it, Max Verstappen is beyond deserving of the world championship this year, the 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 sport doesn't need this thing to end with you know six races left or whatever it is. It, I, it's no good uh, for this thing to end without a little bit of drama. And so I, you know, I was when I'm watching this thing too, Dan. I'm 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 looking at it from the TV perspective. I was trying to you try to take in the scenery around, and I'm definitely like. There were maybe ten times where I paused and tried to look and see where you were on the track, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, okay, oh, there's a grandstand shot, and they have the most random shots up there of just of people who are up there who don't even know they're on, you know, uh, TV and they're barely oh, and they're funny. barely paying attention. And I go, just put it on Dan for two seconds and let's get his like uh, tired mug as they're going oh, through man. this thing. You must you, have been. You would have seen me. Oh, uh, you would have seen me just poured in sweat I, that <laughs> there is no place on earth i've been that compares in humidity levels to singapore and, and i've I, i've spent some time in some pretty humid places but this it's another level here on the equator in southeast asia and yeah if the camera had caught me it wouldn't have been a pretty sight <laughs> it was, it's like the worst wet t-shirt contest on the planet with all these guys who are out exactly. there sweating their butts off uh so i but i'm also trying to take in like what the you know the environment looks like and i think that singapore abu dhabi's a lot like this these night races they do so much to make it look really really compelling and i feel like that there is something that they for some reason it feels like this track they bust everything out like even to where on the finish where they have that giant tv that the winner parks on you know that has like that it's like that angled uh you know giant television that has a screen underneath the car and on top of it has the winner on there i'm like oh that's fantastic plus the fireworks around that go around the edge uh you know into turn 1 and through that thing and and the fireworks i think went off for maybe 30 minutes it seemed like too just kept going <laughs> so in terms of a, a of an environment and the assault on the senses, like, are you wearing ear protection or are you, how, how is it that it's actually like taken in from there and how much can you actually like follow the race? Cause it's one thing for me to watch it on TV and to see all those angles. Are you guys watching a big TV during the whole thing? And may, is it the same type of a, of a consumption of this thing where you see all the lap times and do they do a pretty good job of making sure you guys are up on the entire race, even though you're at one corner of a, of a big track? Yeah, so I was sitting in turn one, kind of that turn one and two um, area. And so we had a television directly across the track from us. And so that has the live feed from, you know, F1 TV. Uh, and then they over the loudspeakers, they have like a, a live track um, set of commentators. So it's not Crofty and everybody on Sky Sports, but it's a, a local um, set of announcers. And so, yeah, it, it's you get a pretty good sense of what's going on in the race. You can see it um uh the this obviously the running order 
and the replays. Uh, but you don't get a lot, um, a lot of the radio chatter. Like when, it, when the radio chatter comes on over the loudspeakers, like you can't hear it. It just, um, it's kind of too loud there in the stands. Um, so there's a little bit of detail that, that you miss that, that if you're watching from home, uh, people are getting, uh, but I, all in all, I think that the, uh, the track and then the city itself does just such an incredible job of um, putting this event on. And I kept thinking through the weekend, man, Las Vegas has a lot to learn to be able to, and Miami too, but I'm thinking more specifically Las Vegas to be able to match an experience like this. It's the city goes all out. There's, you know, tons of support from the government. Um, you know, not only are streets closed, but like you said, there's just, um, events and attractions all over the track and, and around the city uh, to make it uh, an, an experience. And like, I was thinking even when the rain was coming, I was like, yeah, it'd be a bummer if the, uh, if the race rain out or rained out kind of like in spa last year, but honestly, there's so much going on around this city that I, you know, I wouldn't get bored. Uh, and uh, you know, from the light shows, I felt like there's a drone light show going on every time I looked up into the sky and, uh, you, you know, like you said, the fireworks, it was uh, a visual spectacle, unlike anything I've, I've ever seen. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll convert in Utah to the, uh, to the drone fireworks in the future so we don't have to have the discussion about uh, fires, uh, you know, going out here in the West. But, I, you know, I, I'm watching this whole thing and I'm kind of looking at it through the lens of knowing you're there, knowing that, uh, that this race is uh, got a lot on the line because everybody's waiting to see if Max Verstappen was going to be crowned the champion. Everything was... You know, every headline today is Max Verstappen doesn't finish on the podium, can't wrap up world championship. And I'm like, everybody, you don't want him to wrap up this championship. Do we remember last year that the 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 entire championship came down to a a half a lap, essentially, you know, in the final race of the year? You're not going to get that every year. But this is the thing that I think that F1 and and some of these that you look at and you go, man, that that's a real bummer when you see races where they're, you know, the, the the winner uh, you know, is in front by uh, 72 seconds. And uh, in a day like today, when you have the conditions like they are, to be able to have a race that, that has a little bit more mixed results, I think is, is fantastic for the sport. So here's what the points look like. And I'll ask you a question about uh, Sir Lewis Hamilton here in just a second. So in the points, Pierre Gasly at 10, Lewis Hamilton at 9, uh, Sebastian Vettel, uh, nice showing by him. He got passed on that last lap and a half there too. Uh, and Max Verstappen was just like on a on a on a tour of of trying to like just take everybody out. It seemed like so. Uh, and then Max Verstappen was six points in seventh place there. Lance Stroll six. Daniel Ricciardo and 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 Lando Norris a very quiet f- uh, five and four. Like it, it was interesting because oh. you didn't hear that much about these guys, even though you said McLaren had a, a ton of support there. They finished with double points and double-double figure points as well. They finished with 22 as a team and, and probably their best weekend. And I thought it was really nice for Danny Rick to have the weekend he did. And then, of course, the podium signs Leclerc and Perez at the top of that thing. So out of out of everything, what was the storyline maybe that you looked at and you said, oh, people aren't talking about this enough or, or, uh, or kind of where things are in the championship versus what we're seeing? Because it seems like Red Bull – you knew they were probably going to win the constructors, but this really kind of uh, puts a chokehold on Ferrari when, even when Max Verstappen isn't winning, Sergio Perez is. Yeah, I think that um, what we saw this weekend is that Max Verstappen is indeed human, you know, and he makes mistakes uh, like other drivers, but uh, very rarely. Uh, when he tried to make that pass after the safety car restart um, and everyone had, had gone over onto uh, the slick tires, uh, I mean, he like you said, he was pushing hard for every single pass. Was being really aggressive, 
and then on that restart just uh, stepped out of the dry line and tried to make the, the dive bomb work on the wet and immediately just was a bad idea. I kind of saw it coming as soon as he popped out. I'm like, uh, this is not going to work. And yeah, sure enough, he, he blew, he blew through the corner into the runoff area. I think we saw Lewis do something similar too earlier in the race. And so, yeah, the two world champions getting caught out by yeah. trying, trying to be a bit too aggressive on slicks. And, the and George, George um, Russell, and, George Russell did the same thing. And that's a guy who had a, a really poor showing today. Like he could have taken advantage of the fact that, uh, he, I mean, to finish two laps down and in, in dead last of the finishers was about as bad as it gets for a guy like George, who usually doesn't have a day like that in the rain. Yeah, he had to start from the pit lane right. uh, because he took a new power unit. And then uh, I think he was the first car to go to slicks. Uh, I think that was probably a move by Mercedes to experiment. They're like, well, he's already you know out of the points as is. Let's sure. experiment and see if he can pick up a, a, up an advantage and then we'll have Lewis change over. But yeah, not a great running um, by by George for someone who's been so consistent all year. When you look at the uh, driver standings for the championship, you still have uh, Max Verstappen's clear of Charles Leclerc by 104 points. Sergio Perez pulled within two points of of uh, of of Charles. I think Checo. I mean, I don't see him finishing second in this thing, but I think that if there's a guy, if if Sergio Perez is able to to nip. Charles Leclerc in these last few races and, and take that second position. I mean, that might be one of the better storylines of the year because it's like, you know, Max Verstappen is the best driver. And, and you know, I, I couldn't imagine Red Bull not wanting to extend that guy even further because I think his contract goes through next season. But, uh, you know, you think about all the the shifts and the ups and downs. He's a he's he's a perfect mix. Checo is of a, of a team player. But also, like uh, he he has just yeah. enough edge to be kind of pissed, like he get like he's getting shorted. Like I'm also probably going to be the world champ at any moment here, guys. Don't you? And I know he believes that every one of these freaking guys. You can't be in a racing seat in F1 without thinking that. But the egos on these dudes is so massive. But uh, Sergio also like has a really really good uh, PR team. His family must just be able to be like, hey man, here's how we play this thing. We go in there. No one expects us to 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 perform this way because everybody's talking about Ferrari. And uh, and Charles and Carlos and and then and you forget about about Checo sometimes. Yeah, he's he's that perfect balance, like you said, of playing the support role um, and helping his teammate out, like he did, in, you know, in Abu Dhabi last year with with giving uh, Lewis Hamilton a heck of a time uh, during uh, that race to help out Max. But then, like you said, uh, as soon as he can smell the lead, he doesn't back down and uh uh you know is able to win uh when max uh isn't you know having having a day so uh if you're christian horner i have to think that uh you love that mix you love the personality that he brings to the team uh and and just i guess hope that he doesn't uh maybe get a little bit too competitive with max we'll see i would love to see it um and in red bull would love to have not only the constructors championship but the one two finish on the drivers and just um, really kind of put this thing to bed. But uh, I'm with you. I think Charles will uh, continue to fight. Uh, I think that's a matter of pride at this point that they, they have to finish second this year. Uh, okay, I'm going to ask you a couple questions around this thing out here since you are, you're now our most experienced uh, traveling uh, reporter out there in the field. <laughs> so uh, best, best meal that you ate in Singapore and uh, thing that you would go, okay, I'm going to do that differently next time, next time I go to a race. Oh, that is a good question. Um, I think the best meal was some dim sum that we had uh, 
in uh, kind of one of the local markets here. Is this the one that uh, the robot? Is this the one that the robot brings to you? Is that robot? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So a robot seated us, took us to our our table, um, and then uh, it was. It's like uh, a dim sum factory. There was like lost count, but you know, twenty, thirty people in the kitchen there, just just making dumplings. And uh, yeah, it's a, a probably one of the best meals that I've ever had. And I, we ordered way too many different types of dumplings and they just kept bringing the stacks of those, um, of those little kind of platter, wooden platters out. Uh, and it was excellent. Yeah. What's, so that was the, the, best uh, meal for what's sure. the name of this place then? So we can, uh, um, throw it out there. it's a Michelin it is, star. Didn't, yeah. Didn't, didn't tie phone, something like that. Uh, I, I can put it, uh, we can either put it in the show notes or I can put it out on Twitter, but yeah, didn't, didn't Fung, I think. And it's actually a, uh, a bit of a, a kind of a chain out here there's multiple locations oh wow that's a, um, that's a you don't see that a lot yeah it was it was it was excellent I'm but, trying but that to, was the best meal i'm trying to find it you know it's terrible as i'm looking at this i was like oh that, how hard would it be to find michelin star dim sum restaurants in singapore there's 10 of them and there's all these there's all these uh, michelin star dim sum restaurants just in singapore and i'm going oh i thought maybe we'd be able to find this thing easily well the good news about dim sum uh and uh, Michelin stars is super, super cheap. You get that food really, really inexpensive. I'm assuming, right? <laughs> no, th- this one actually is. This is why we picked it. Is it's one of the few like oh, that's actually, awesome. like you, you can get a meal for ten, ten bucks. No way. So, yeah, a yeah, Michelin star, a Michelin starred restaurant for ten bucks in Singapore. Yeah, and there's, and there's a there's one here in the airport. We haven't had time to go to, but there uh, is a ramen place. Uh, that has a Michelin star here in the airport as well. I feel like the airport. Is, I, I feel is, like the airport is just as cool as any other place you can visit in Singapore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's a uh, pretty incredible and just not just like visually and just like the attraction of the waterfalls, the rainforest, and all that stuff. But like the way that they run customs and security is is you know smoother than anywhere I've I've uh, I've seen. Uh, what's the worst part about this trip? Like where you go, oh man, I could have missed that. Like, or or the part that you go, that's a hassle of trying to go to an F one race. Well, I would say the worst part of this trip was the heat and the humidity, <laughs> um, for sure. So if I could do it all over again, I you know, you know, VIP passes to the paddock maybe would have been nice, but <laughs> we're probably a ways away from being able to do that in the future. Um, but as far as traveling to an F run one race, I mean, this is a really far race to get to. Um, I think that you could have similar experiences, uh, Canada, uh, Austin. I know Miami and Las Vegas are relatively new, so they're probably still getting their whole fan experience dialed in. But, uh, I think that F one tourism is, you know, maybe the, the, the future strategy for me. And we'll see how many times we can do a race before my wife, uh, catches on that we're exclusively going on vacations <laughs> where there happens to be a race uh, going on that weekend how uh, okay so how many days was this then I, I, this is like a 12-day venture then wasn't it um uh, yeah I, I last had boots on the ground in in the u.s 17 days ago so oh my um God. my wife will see if she talks to me when i get home uh i haven't done that long of a trip but it is it is uh, tough because the nature of my job is the same way when you get back and you try you try to claim how tired you are uh, it's a bad move because you're like, oh yeah, you're super tired from watching a bunch of sports. That's basically what I <laughs> what I get when I come I, home from yeah, a trip ex- like this. I expect zero sympathy, <laughs> and I yeah, I probably have some fractured relationships after after this with the, how long we were gone. So uh, it will be some way to get home. 
so now that you're the experienced guy, we'll, we'll have to take all the things we learned into Las Vegas next year then. I think it's almost a, a foregone conclusion that we have to figure that race out next year in America. I'm down. I'm, I'm totally down for that. All right. Well, so you don't hate it yet. That's what's good. You don't. You haven't. You haven't said I'm not going to do this for a while because there's some trips that I do uh, to some of these long, faraway games. Some of these like uh, you know bucket list type things where you go. I don't know if I'm going to do that again. But it takes a few months and then you go. No, no, I'll I'll go do it again. All right. So from the constructor standing, uh, you have the drivers like we said who are it's one, two, three right now. Uh, Max in the lead, far out and away. Checo's in third, and then you have uh, and then you have uh, Charles, of course, right there, sandwiched between the guys, trying to run down any semblance of of, uh, of some championship points and a miracle, obviously, for him to be able to to uh, figure that one out again. So when you think about schedules, uh, you're going to be out. Uh, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the schedule here for the next few races that we have and the stuff we're going to be able to uh, come up with here. But you had, of course, uh, this weekend, and then you're going to have next weekend. In Japan at uh, at Yakuza, uh, I almost called it Yakuza. Uh, Suzuka at Suzuka, yeah. Yakuza would be the one you don't want to visit. If if someone invites you to a race <laughs> at Yakuza, you're going to be murdered in Japan. <laughs> uh, and then and then the race after, and then uh, two weeks after that, we'll have our our uh, our U.S. Grand Prix in at uh, in the uh, latter part of October. So, uh, Dan, I hope you had a fun time, man, and we'll let you loose here so you can get on your plane and then uh, make your way here stateside, and then we'll chat again later in the week. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much. I uh, I'm looking forward to doing more in depth recap of just the whole fan experience. There's just so many, uh, you know, really interesting details about uh, what what we saw here that I you know think that would be interesting to listeners as well as kind of help prep anyone who's going to be going to a race in the future. So I'm excited to do uh, a deeper recap. All right, for Dan, I'm Alex. We appreciate you guys joining us here. If you uh, know anybody who loves F1 or is getting into it. Tune them onto the podcast. Let's get this thing going, and let's uh, let's make sure that uh, that they know that there is an American podcast here that talks about F one, and they even have such a huge budget to be able to send uh, one of their hosts to uh, Singapore. All right, uh, for Dan Jimenez, Alex Curie for KSL Sports and KSL Podcast. We'll catch you next time on Mud Pusher, everybody. 